0: On today's episode, we decided to bring you something creepy from Alaska, a ghost town of sorts. But as the legend goes, this one was abandoned because of violent attacks and murders perpetrated by a bipedal creature known locally as the Nantinak. Many believe the Nantinak is the Kenai Peninsula's peninsulas.
1: Peninsulas. <laughs> is peninsula,
0: peninsula. 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 Peninsula.
1: Peninsula. Just say peninsula.
2: Yeah, you can go with either one. Peninsula. Of
1: those. The the Kenai Peninsula.
2: Peninsula sounds like a third grader saying it. I don't know. Like say it the way you want to say it. Peninsula. it. You're right either way. It just depends on the coast.
0: Is it just like, is it like a California thing? Yeah. Against, okay.
1: I lived there, so I'm just.
2: So you're just butchering your, your no, place it's of Peninsula. We, we all know people from California know this stuff better than the rest of the country. True that. Uh,
0: many believe the Nantanac is the Kenai Peninsula's Sasquatch, and that is. Is freaky deaky.
1: Scott's pronunciation's freaky deaky. Bro.
2: Hey, man, there was a spot in there where there was a period, and I'm like, Scott hates periods, so I put a comma. I don't hate periods. I like <laughs> them where they belong. <laughs> I like them at the ends of sentences. That is about the extent of my writing in this episode. <laughs> All right.
0: Um, the sources for the episode are the book Abandoned, The History and Horror of Port Chatham, a few, news, a few newspaper articles from Alaska, and one of our favorite things, Reddit. We head down to the southern tip of the beautiful Kenai Peninsula to the once upon a time town called Port Lock, from Abandoned the History and Horror of Port Chatham, Alaska by Larry Baxter. The Kenai Peninsula is, is that going to be a recurring theme? That word? <coughs> yes. throughout, littered throughout? Yeah. Yes. is for this, you. This, this part that's coming up next is from his book. Fantastic. The Kenai Peninsula is a large peninsula that extends from the south, south central portion of the state. The peninsula gets the name from the indigenous people that live in the area, the Se tribe. If you're visiting Alaska, this is an area you want to see. It is beautiful. <laughs> Heather, <laughs> <laughs> Heather, how long does it take to get there from where we live?
1: Roughly three hours. Give Nita. or take that lovely summertime construction. Oh yeah, that
0: good good. The population of the entire peninsula is about 58,000 at the time of Baxter's writing and it still sits at about that same number. He also says that the most pop the most populous city only boasts a population of about 7,000. Another thing the peninsula has is large animals. The moose are huge and so are the bears. Could this area handle a huge bipedal being as well? A story must have a story must have a beginning, so we start in 1905 when it is reported that all the canary. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say canary. All the canary workers. The
3: tweet
0: tweet tweet. No. Uh, when it is reported that all the canary. No, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I put it. I put it. <laughs> put it in my head.
1: <laughs> tweet tweet. Scotty. Yeah.
0: Alright, a story must have a beginning, so we start in 1905, when it was reported that all the cannery workers walked off their jobs because something strange was quote, bothering the camp. A year later, they return only to find that the strangeness is still in the area. Hunters and gold miners began to disappear, and in 1931, a man who was chopping wood was found murdered. It was supposedly a single blow by someone much stronger. A group of moose hunters found giant tracks stalking the same animal. All they found was a bloody scene and no moose to be found, yet they did find 18-inch footprints. A resident reported seeing a huge hairy man damaging fish wheels. After retrieving his gun, the beast just stared at him and walked off as the man did not have the heart to shoot the beast. Bodies that washed from the mountain rivers into the lagoon had wounds that not even a bear could make. Many residents fled in 1949, leaving behind houses and a chromium mine, a fish cannery, a schoolhouse, and a post office. What do you think so far? Yeah. It sounds like Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. That's what it sounds like. There's to so me. many different like titles and ideas of Bigfoot. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy at that. Like even at that point, it's like, okay, so now it not only exists, but is there like multiple species of these things? Is I there... think even
1: like just hearing back um, with the timeline with like the whole tornate, what we've been talking about, like those seeming not as evolved like to look like, what a Bigfoot is nowadays. I'm like, maybe it's just them when they were like, not really there yet. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. it's
1: interesting the timelines with the stories and how they've changed
2: having been like the guy the skeptic that keeps coming back to bigfoot stories lately it seems like that's been a big focus on some of the stuff i've done through the summer and now i hear like the stories always make me wonder because some are violent some are caring like Mm -hmm. where the sasquatch basically saves somebody others are just ridiculous funny you know after after Kind of paying attention to the stories, it almost feels like there's different species just from the different stories. So,
1: well, like the missing uh, 411, right?
2: Mm.
1: Every time I hear that story, it just makes me start diving in. You like, lo- you just look up all these areas that have had the same stories, and it's just like
0: it's hard to just dismiss yeah. it and be like, yeah, you know, like it's got to be something.
1: Oh, yeah. And
2: and I don't especially think it's like Big a ton, it, like,
1: and I think it's like whatever is out there is like not trying to be seen, but it's crazy.
2: Another thing I found with the non because that, that name is older than Bigfoot or Sasquatch. Yeah. A lot older. So I, I found that fascinating. This is something that's been talked about since before any of the Europeans came to this area. Yeah. And it's, I mean, the Bigfoot and Sasquatch is just what?
0: Kind of a, like we had to give it a title of something. We had no right. idea what it was either. So it's mm-hmm. like, ah, it's
2: got big feet. Yep. There you go. How's that? How about that? Yeah. It's kind of ridiculous how it got its name. and Yeah
1: this is from reddit user tianchi melania kell told the story according to her memory to the homer tribune when she was only a baby her family suddenly fled from their seaside home in port chatham a community adjacent to port lock leaving their livelihood and all else behind her family was not alone all the residents of port lock left their lives behind in terrible fear According to her, Anantinok had been stalking the townsfolk, a local Sasquatch-like creature that is said to haunt the Kenai Peninsula. She believed her own godfather had been killed by the creature in 1931, when he was struck in the head in a manner that seemed beyond the strength of any human being. Despite being sighted in other regions of the Kenai Peninsula, the beast seemed to favor Portlock, most of all as whispers of a spirit preying on its people traveled throughout the settlements. Were one to write out all of these stories, they would sound very similar to those of us with even the slightest interest in cryptids. Hunters mysteriously vanishing, glimpses of a hairy beast stalking in the shadow of the trees, mysterious sounds that seemed to belong to no known beast. But despite the similarity, the stories of the Nantanok have been told for far longer than those of Bigfoot. Whatever it was that prowled the wilds around Portlock, it's clearly struck a deep and abiding terror in its people. By the early 1950s, Portlock was all but entirely abandoned, marked by closing of the post office in town. This is from Larry Baxter's Abandon, a timeline. 1786, Captain Nathaniel Portlock sails through the area, writing about the abundant natural resources in his ship's log. 1791, Commander George Vancouver explores the area, mapping the bay and naming it, after one of his ships, the HMS Chatham. 1905, native workers at the fish processing plant walk off the job because of something in the woods. Seafood company brings in armed security to protect the area to bring the workers back. From Alaska Sportsman's Magazine in 1935. 1923, Sergius Moonen and his girlfriend hear loud whistling and then a week later spot a large, hairy, bipedal creature walking on a beach. Evans in 1980.
2: 1931, mysterious death of Andrew Cumlock, who was killed when struck in the head by an extremely heavy piece of logging equipment. And that's the one we've heard mentioned a couple of times, but you're saying that some of these st- stories have been shared to other outlets as well. They're kind of well-known, hmm. that, that guy getting hit with that heavy piece of equipment. Gotcha. And then also in 1931, a prospector goes missing while searching for gold in the area. And then the the story about the Nantanaki, eating fish out of the bear trap was also in reported in 1940. I doubt it was reported in the Sasquatch tracker at that time, hmm. but it probably was uploaded there later on. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine they were like, you know, it was a thriving publication in the 1940s right? and we can skip some of these, but there's basically something happening almost every year up until 1950 when the ta- town's abandoned. Hmm. Um, but then in 1968, there's a, a hunter is chased out of the gully by something that appeared to be a Sasquatch. There's the story of the hunters that take refuge from a storm. And hear something that sounds bipedal walking around their tent for two nights in Dogfish Bay. A retired school teacher was interviewed who had taught, and this is in 1973, who had taught in Port Chatham during World War II. She told of cannery workers who went into the mountains to hunt sheep and bear and never returned. And that one's from Alaska Magazine. In, two th- in 2014, trees shaken by seemingly invisible spores after Bigfoot foot researcher plays a recording of a baby crying. Researcher told of a white Bigfoot seen in the area by locals in Nonwalek. So it's like an older Bigfoot. Yeah. And then there's in 2018 and 19, extreme ex- expeditions Northwest traveled to the area to film a documentary.
1: So that's what's always crazy to me, I see it like some people, you know, tie Bigfoot to being more like paranormal or, or um, with aliens and all this uh, crazy mm-hmm. other theories. But to me, I just find it more like something that's more evolved than an ape
3: yeah. just
1: living out in the woods. I mean, up here with the, you know, mountain sheep and all the doll sheep, they can live up in, in the mountains and there's fish in the rivers up there. There's a lot of bears, a yeah. lot of moose, like there's. A lot it could thrive off of. And if it's smart about it and just tries to stay away, I mean, and then when you hear stories about like missing hunters, well, yeah, they're out there hunting in that territory. Maybe something like I don't think they're maliciously ever go after people
0: yeah but
1: you. if something happens you know
0: i mean it's it's easy to say that it's just like a flesh and blood when you read something like this mm-hmm. but it's only when you start reading the weird stories that you're like oh well, maybe it's not man <laughs> like, it that's seems why like bigfoot's such reading, like a
1: rabbit hole
0: yeah like whatever i'm reading i feel like that's what i latch onto. i'm like okay well this one makes it sound like it's clearly just a normal yep. animal you know
2: whatever you want to call it big ape but, let, me, let me ask you this because mm-hmm. this is like a feeling I get out of a lot of the stories I've gone through lately is it's maybe a distant relative to humans. It's a great ape of some sort, but the stuff that you hear a lot of is that feeling of like dread and fear. Even before you see one, it's like all of a sudden the atmosphere changes. Yeah. And then some of these same people seem to be hearing these things, calling, telling them in their Mm -hmm. own language to come into the the forest or whatever. It's, it's just like, so is there some psychic connection that makes all the, a lot of, not all of them, but a lot of people talk about that psychic, ex, that's the only way you could explain it is a psychic experience, with mm. the way they feel. Well, what's the other, um,
0: like another common occurrence that you get with a lot of like Sasquatch sightings and reports and stuff is that everything in the area goes quiet. Right. Like mm-hmm. where it's like too quiet, like there's not a
2: bug chirping, there's nothing going on. It's Which just, is normal. just stops in the forest or in the wild when there's a predator predator, right so yeah. that's a pretty serious predator well, I yeah because yeah. like up
1: here especially like when a lot of these places like bears and stuff like that yeah they're used to predators all the time yeah. but when like what you hear hunters say i've never heard the forest go that quiet yeah or like the un- or the stench but you know like yeah. that smell
0: could the quiet be part of the reason that you have that reaction that that fear reaction it could be Where it's just like on
2: That that you uncomfortable. You're like, Whoa, something's off mm-hmm. here. Well, it's funny that you're saying that because that is like almost a skeptical view that yeah. like that silence could trigger something in us that we don't quite understand, but it's like with the, yeah. encoded in our DNA. Yeah. I mean, I am I think it's, it's a hundred percent rational
0: to have that reaction. I'm not saying that it's like something that goes way back in our DNA or anything like that. I'm just saying like, it would make sense that you would be set off by something That you're used to hearing noises, even if it's just kind of like subtle noises when you're out in the woods, then suddenly all that gets turned off. You'd
2: probably be like, was that a recording or something that just can cut off in an instant like that? I just think, and I think a lot of people, would their first reaction to it would be different depending on their life experiences, but it would trigger maybe that predator moment that you don't even remember you have, you know, encoded in you. Mm. It's just a natural response. It's like a failsafe for your. Yeah. To, time to be on alert. You might have yeah. to run because something's not right here. Yeah. And then we just, however, our views are in the world might trigger a different reaction in everybody. If it was that case and the silence did have that effect, that would
0: also explain why, at like 3 a.m., if you wake up and it's dead quiet, that you're just kind of freaked out. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's like your, that part of your brain that's protecting that lizard part of your brain, reptilian mm. part of your brain. <laughs> You that this, uh <laughs> this bullshit <laughs> like you and this lizard brain <laughs> shit. But, but i, I mean, mean. There, that is the part of your brain yeah. that is responsible for saving your ass before you can think about it because yeah. by the time you think about it it's too late sometimes that's just your f- fight or flight response and that that could wake you up at 3 a.m if something triggers that what would the paranormal like opposite of that be like if that's like something that's coded
0: in your DNA, right? What would the paranormal equivalent, would that be like guardian angel or I like think, some kind of like
2: like spirit guide or something like that? I think it could be encoded in your DNA and then there could be something else that could affect you similarly. That is just a natural part of all animals. Yeah. And that would just naturally be a part of us, but it could be other things on any any of these topics we talk about. I mean, I could be sitting over here all skeptical, but there could be ghosts or aliens or... Oh yeah. A bigfoot. Well, we've established that. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> For sure. So the little tidbits about the area, I guess, right? I thought you
0: are gonna talk to us about what Brian Wood said. That's what I'm gonna do. Oh uh, mm-hmm. is that little tidbits of the area? Mm-hmm. I just yeah. I was That's
1: what he was getting to, Scott.
0: If you wanna lead into something, you just be like, you know what I found interesting? According to like that's how you that's how you weave it back in super smoothly.
2: So it doesn't even seem like we're reading a script, unless you're watching, of course, the YouTube videos,
0: in which case you can
2: see us staring at something. <clears throat> That's that's normally what I do to Scott right there. He just did it to me.
1: Um, But he's going to cut it out and make it sound good.
2: It sounded good.
1: He's going to cut this whole chunk out and throw it away.
2: Yeah. Okay, so we're
1: just going to lead us in smooth, Christian.
2: All right. All right. I have something (laughs) interesting for you. What's that, Christian?
1: (laughs) 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 Gee, golly.
2: Please share. According to Brian Weed, co-founder of a group called Juno's Hidden History, before Portlock began its life as a cannery, it has been host to small to a small village many years before. It seems those inhabitants also abandoned their fishing camps, reporting that they were being bothered by some beast or spirit. Weed told KINY Radio that later, when the cannery was abandoned, those running it begged the inhabitants to stay, even employing ar- armed guards even employing armed guards to ass- assuage their nerves. Oh, wow. Getting in there to assuage. Yeah. I feel pretty accomplished after that one. Yeah. I think you can take it home for us or- we shall see, but no, ma- no, 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 I can't do it. <laughs> guess not. Yeah.
0: Confidence dwindling.
2: I was confident <laughs> until I saw the word no. And then it was like my brain said, no, you can't do it. Then yeah. it was done.
0: I answered the question for you before you even started. Yeah.
2: Okay, here we go. But no amount of begging or precautions seemed to motivate the townspeople to stay. When it's put into perspective just how many people died during this time, this is no surprise. It's said that as many as three dozen people went missing from the small village in only 20 years' time. Damn, that's 36 people. That is true. Do you like that quick math? That was quick (laughs) math, unlike mine. Strangely, Portlock. strangely portlock only appeared on the u.s census twice once in 1940 and again in 1980 curiously reporting exactly 31 residents each time this seems like it could be a kind of clerical era but for for some it adds but for some it adds to the dark mystique of the town's story could there be people living there still was the area repopulated again in the 80s only to be abandoned once more According to the locals today, the area is markedly haunted, not merely by the Nantanak. Even before Melania's time, there were stories told of other spirits that haunted the Kenai Peninsula. Peninsula. Thanks, Scott. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, see, now we're all going to fuck up. I that. just
1: want Dustin to um, drop a little comment on how to pronounce it because we both came from the same town. So it's Peninsula.
2: You're Peninsula? like Dustin is just the smart guy. But uh, hey. Wow. You hear that, Dustin? He's a great guy.
1: Alaskans versus the Californians. Yeah, well, so apparently
2: you can be great, but not smart. So Peninsula. Yeah. Great news. But- Obviously, I know more about that area than Dustin does, having only been there once. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah?
0: No. And moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> now
2: I'm, oh, okay. Even before Melania's time, there were stories told of other spirits that haunted the Kenai Peninsula, such as that of a pale-faced woman shrouded in draped in long black cloth that dragged in the wet earth behind her. She was said to emerge from the seaside cliffs, screaming and wailing before vanishing back into them. That would be pretty creepy. I've heard a few of those mm-hmm. stories before, like the
0: wailing woman. Uh, and it's usually in the woods or the yeah. ocean. That, that like, Can you imagine just
2: seeing that? But, and I can imagine, whether it's a wailing woman or not, there's some sounds out there They're just that terrifying. you just don't know. Yeah. You're like, what the hell was that? There
0: was, um, in Cal City, that... you. You've been out there, right? Yeah. You remember that that old abandoned hotel? Yes. There was a ghost story attached to that thing, and it was a wailing woman story, where like half of the building was missing, right? And it was uh, pretty much saying that like at some point this lady comes out of the, or you see her emerge from this half of the building that's completely gone, and she just sits there and cries and like screaming, crying, and then goes back inside. And I mean, obviously, I was but a young chap during these these times so it just kind of freaked me out like the odds of that actually existing mm-hmm. in a hotel that never even opened i don't think that that hotel never even opened right i don't think so i
2: think it was one of those yeah. things people thought <laughs> they were going to make a lot of money like like yeah. lake la when yeah. they
0: and it just they never, used to
2: have a lake out there and then it yeah. they never made any money so they just let it dry up yeah
0: so but that is kind of funny i, I haven't heard that story in a long time but wailing women that, it's just yeah. a creepy, it's a creepy thought that you can just be standing somewhere and see this woman like in ragged, you know, torn up dress or whatever, come out of the woods and just be
3: like, Aah! Oh my God. And no. then I was
0: like, go back in
2: You're like, Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that. I'm, I'm going to love that sound bite. I know. Yeah. I'll, I'll use that whenever, <laughs> whenever I get frustrated, I'll just push <laughs> that one. Or whenever we have a whaling lady. Cause I, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty I sure we'll official. use it again. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Bring on the wailing lady episode.
0: Yeah. I'll we'll be, have a, few isn't days. that banshees? Is that banshee lore then? Is that what that would be? That's part of it too i still want to do a banshee so episode you know need to do a even band-ship. with
2: sirens you could have wailing ladies mm-hmm.
1: sirens sure. was not as thrilling remember
0: yeah remember we thought Bird mermaids and you were like you got hella offended when you're like <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of yeah, i did get a little offended <laughs> yeah, i was like oh, i just thought it was mermaids dude sorry
2: <laughs> like, there's realize. lore behind
0: it yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll educate everyone at some point you can educate all of
2: us you can do a mermaid or I'm sorry, siren episode. Okay, you wanna hear some more lore? Yes. Mm -hmm. Could this creature that prowled the port town and surrounding wilderness for hundreds of years be a massive lineage of bear? What do you say, Scott? No. Okay. No, it couldn't. I agree. It's hard to imagine that people so intimate with the vast wilderness and all the explicable terrors it holds would be so grasped by such a delirious fear that they'd leave their whole world behind. Perhaps a few too many unthinkable tragedies happened in too short a time, Although the dozens of murders or accidents is still hard to explain. Maybe this really was an encounter with the self-same creature we call Bigfoot. If the census is correct, did people try to live in the area again, only to be scared off by the same beast? Portlock is now, by all accounts, a ghost town, home only to crumbling lumber, rusting cannery equipment, and other traces of a once small but vibrant community. To this day, it's not been settled again, despite its bounty of resources and breathtaking beauty. The sway held by the local lore may keep the land untouched for many years yet.
0: Damn.
1: I want to go there.
2: I know, yeah, we we should plan a trip. Probably next summer, I'd imagine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, it's getting to Well, We want to go plan during
1: like dip netting season and going down that way so we could just Carry like
2: pit stop. Yeah, take you the can camper. Camp. Can yeah, camp that's what I'm
1: saying. Yeah, take the camper. Once Michael's going to take like a week off.
2: Once to the non knock gets us, we won't even have to worry about taking a week
0: off. Yeah. Well, the, the non to will probably get us, but Heather has like an actual camper, so yeah. she'll probably be safe. She'll hear our cries and us being
2: ripped limb from limb, but
1: I told you you guys don't have to stay in a tent. Nope. We have enough room.
2: I just want we'll no. to be read a big a cozy story. family. Nope. <laughs> I'll stay outside because I read a story where the Sasquatch was more angry at the campers than the people in the tents. I can't imagine. She's just mad because we're glamping. I can't imagine them making that distinction, being like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, the people in yeah. the campers were really loud and drunk. Gotcha. Into the middle of the night. Are you guys planning on being really loud and drunk?
1: No, you know me, Mm -hmm. it's like 10 p.m. and I'm like, oh man, what a night. What a night. Yeah, Yeah. I do
2: recall though, there was a fire.
1: We did have a fire. I think we rallied into like 11.
2: Yeah, you can't have a fire out in in camping areas without it being loud and into the night. I think think
1: we went to bed at like 11 that night. That was pushing it for all of us.
2: That's like three hours past your loud time at the earliest.
1: We weren't obnoxious though. We just had a nice little fire.
2: Eleven o'clock for an, for parents is like three a.m.
1: Oh yeah, for, that's practically no. next week. We were yeah. living it up, yeah, for sure.
2: Ooh, I didn't. This is gonna be a long paragraph. Sorry, Scott. yeah, it sure looks like that. Mm. That I separated it. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, thanks for that. If you get tired, you can pass the torch. Somebody help me!
0: Oh. Um, all right, moving right along. Tom Larson's tale. This is. Imagine, I imagine this is where it comes the book or something like that. Yes. No. Well this is was in the book. Okay. In the book Tom Larson's Tale Port Chatham, Chatham, Chatham.
2: It's Chatham. It's in the abandoned book, but it's the Tale of Tom.
0: It was early but Tom didn't mind.
2: Well thanks Tom.
0: He had plenty of he had plenty of chores to do today before he planned to head into work. Tom stepped out the front door of his little cabin and pulled his hat down. It was drizzling rain but warm out. He stooped down and pulled a big basket out from under the steps. First on his chore list was to head out to his fish trap and collect the salmon that had been caught and bring them home to clean. Tom walked briskly down the path behind his cabin to the stream. The stream was a few hundred meters behind his cabin, and Tom always appreciated the ease and accessibility of having fresh fish just out his back door. Did he really, though? Maybe. Probably smelled a lot, but... Yeah. Tom rounded the bend in the trail and came out of the wood line, looking toward the spot in the little stream where his fish trap lay. Tom came to an abrupt stop. Standing over his fish trap was a bear. Several times, Tom had come to tend to his trap to find it had been raided by a bear, but never had he actually caught the bear in the act. Tom cursed himself for becoming complacent and leaving his rifle at home. He was just about to turn back to his cabin and get his gun when he noticed something peculiar. The bear was holding the fish trap up with one paw and reaching in with the other to pull the fish out. Tom noticed the bear did not have claws or a snout, but instead was grasping the fish much like a person would, by the tail, with fingers. This bear's pretty smart, huh? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Tom watched as the creature lifted the fish up to its mouth and began to chew on it, eating it, bones, and all. Tom realized he must be looking at the hairy man the natives were telling him about. Tom had not believed the tales, but here he was, or here it was. Suddenly, Tom had an idea. If he could get back to his cabin and get his rifle, he could shoot the hairy man and prove it was real. Maybe even sell the body for a lot of money. Wow, Tom, way to go! Yeah, what a, this is why <laughs> they can't.
1: Yep, they can't trust us. Yeah.
0: Tom quietly took a few steps back and sat his basket down, walking as softly as he could until he was sure he was out of earshot. Then breaking into a, a run, then breaking into a run back to his cabin for his rifle, retrieving his wife. His wife, <laughs> retrieving his rifle, Tom quickly rushed back to the stream. Rounding the bend, Tom was delighted to see the hairy man was still crouched over the trap, chewing almost absent-mindedly on fish. Tom figured the sound of the stream must have masked the sound of his initial stampede, or <laughs> his stampede, his initial approach. <laughs> it looks the same. Yeah, sure does. Tom raised the rifle to his shoulder and took a, a couple more steps toward the creature. At this range, there was no way he could miss. He had shot much smaller animals at longer ranges than this. He willed himself to stop shaking and used his thumb to cock the hammer on the old rifle. The click of the hammer did not go unnoticed by the hairy man, and the creature wheeled around, still crouched, half-eaten salmon still in its hand. Its eyes fixed on Tom before traveling to his gun, becoming fixed on the firearm. Tom's finger began to squeeze the trigger like it had a hundred times before focused on the beast at the end of the barrel. As he started to put pressure on the trigger, Tom noticed the creature's face. He noticed how it stared at his gun and saw a wave of what he could only describe as sadness wash over the hairy man's face. Tom released the trigger. It looked so human. It looked sad. Tom had shot all manner of creatures from squirrel to bear, but had never once seen a creature with such human emotion on its face. Tom kept the rifle trained on the hairy man and backed away. Finding the trail back to his cabin, Tom walked backwards for several yards, rifle still up and at the ready, until he was satisfied the hairy man was not following him. He then turned and walked back
2: to his cabin. And that's from... You uh, don't have to read that part of okay, it. Okay, cool. it When I pasted it, I just threw that in there. I tried to take them out. Nice.
1: God, that one's crazy.
0: Yeah. I've heard that before, though, the emotion thing, where it's mm-hmm. like... Like hunters, they are about to pull the trigger, and they see kind of like, like, oh, that looks a little too like a human for me to be
2: okay with. This. Mm-hmm. Which actually, I feel good that hunters have said that. Yeah, because yeah. sometimes hunter, like people, will talk about hunters like they'll just shoot anything. Yeah, you know, most but, of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. but when you hear these, some of these stories, you realize, you know, when you're looking at something that looks so human, yeah. it's not as easy to just shoot it.
0: For for most people, which is a plus. I mean, there was that one guy on the confessionals that talked about killing him. He was like, I blowed his head off. Yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: Oh, I didn't hear that one.
0: Really? No, it's in, I think it's in his intro song. But yeah, the dude was, he's actually the guy that said that they like to travel along the power lines. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a bunch of them around his house.
1: That's crazy. Well, along with Andrew Kamluck a resident who was said to be struck in the head by a piece of logging equipment weighing 400 pounds and the nameless prospector, other victims are attributed to Nantanok, Locals say the sheep hunters who went up the hills to hunt the sheep never returned. No firm dates or names are ever given when the hunters are discussed. It's unknown if it was a group of hunters or multiple instances of lone hunters who met their end in Port Chatham. A number of articles that were published on Port Chatham mention that bodies would wash into a nearby lagoon and were, quote, mutilated in a way that no bear would do, end quote. This is often attributed to be bodies of hunters, but not, no real details are given. With sparse details available on the victims of the Nantanok, our best available data is historical records and eyewitness accounts. That's from Abandon the History and Horror of Port Chatham, Alaska by Larry Baxter. From KINY Mysteries of Port Lock, Alaska and the Abandonment of Small Towns in the 1900s. In the 1920s, a man by the name of Albert Petka supposedly scared off the hairy creature with his dogs but not before receiving a fatal blow to the chest. According to the stories, Petka survived to explain what happened, but died to his wounds soon after. There are also reports of prospectors and hunters going missing frequently to the point that it became commonplace. Their bodies were allegedly found in a creek as if their limbs had been ripped apart. A school teacher in the 1970s even talked about growing up in Portlock and also told stories of people being afraid of what could be lurking in the night.
2: So was creepy. it's crazy because, again, those stories are really pervasive in such a small little town
3: mm-hmm. yeah.
2: from that time because you keep hearing them like repeated in different sources. And it's there's a little bit more information here or there. We know that that town existed. We know some of the people in that town were killed. yeah And like I mentioned, the one guy that we were just talking about, they got hit with that heavy piece of equipment. Hmm. Supposedly that piece of equipment he got hit with took four guys to carry up from the shore and he was hit over the head with something but he was 20 feet away from where this equipment where the people found the equipment yeah the equipment had blood on it but he was too far away to have slipped and fallen like mm-hmm. and, and his head was smashed in yeah
0: it. yeah sometimes the the simple math points to something different yeah well
1: like the kenai peninsula it's an area that's like it's lush with you know um salmon bears Mm. moose like i've said like there's so much so many resources that they can live off of and when you're hearing these repeated stories in that same area it's like i could believe it
2: i heard an argument that some people say that and certain scientists or uh i don't know what what there's what exactly they are but they're experts in the field Mm. are talking about there's not enough food to sustain the size of creature that a bigfoot would be but then Alaskans are like, have you seen some of our regular animals, how huge they are and how much food there is out there for them in Alaska? Mm -hmm. It's not like, you know, that's like somebody like down in Minnesota trying to say what it's like in Alaska compared to Minnesota where it's, there's still probably some crazy areas, but. Well,
1: and yeah, we see a lot of wildlife where we live here, but I mean, I grew up down on the Canaan Peninsula and, you know, we saw frequently like huge grizzlies, lynx on our property yeah. the stuff you would see down there, I'm like, yeah. and I mean, massive bears. Yeah. yeah, I like. I hear a lot of people like, I'm terrified. I'm like, I grew up with them so much. Like, you just be fishing, and a grizzly walks behind you, and you're just like, you just chill. They don't want really anything to do with anyone. So
2: yeah, the one t- the one time I went fishing down there, I'm on this little island, and this bear, co- it's a it's a younger bear, but it comes walking up within like ten feet of me.
1: Yeah, so I mean, crazy.
0: Heather, can you move the mic in front of your mouth a little bit? There, you
1: crazy. Go. There we go. Oh yeah.
0: Much better. I trailed yeah.
1: off a bit there. Yeah.
0: So if and if no one could hear what Heather said for the last thirty seconds, it's it's
2: all right. It was she. It was agrees. really important. No, you can cut that. It, it was. It wasn't thing. that important, but she <laughs> no. did agree with everything I say. Yeah. yeah. What do you think, Scott? You, are you really up for going to a place like this? Yeah. I would. I would, yeah. I totally would, too. Yeah, we just got to plan it out. Mm-hmm. Would be super like said, scary. Like
1: I we're not going to do a vacation, so I think we're going to plan like a week, you know, dip any season, middle of July or something.
0: And that would be cool. Do people go out there and camp often?
2: Or do you think it, it's just like completely shut down? And... I've
1: never like looked into that or known anything about that. So. Yeah, I think
2: it's hard to get to. You have to take a boat now or
1: something. Oh, then we cannot mm-hmm. take the camper there.
2: Yeah, we could take a boat.
1: But we do a day trip.
2: Mm-hmm. Go explore. Hang out, listen for some. Whooping. M- murderous calls or whatever. I don't know.
1: Can you practice your whoop?
2: I could practice, yeah. What we'll do yeah. is we'll bring a speaker and we'll have some clips of wood knocking, babies crying. And whooping. And we can get some primate sounds so we can prove my theory on what they are. Mm-mm. Yeah, that's what we'll do. Mm-mm. We'll go out there and prove your theory on what they are, Christian.
0: There's is, not entire shows dedicated to trying to track this thing down, but you're going to go out there and, and one fell swoop and just be like, I solved it. I cracked the case. What if I did? But, I mean, hey, props to you, man. I think you <laughs> but, should put on uh, a
1: large suit and then go make his noises and see if he can you
2: find go. one. Put on like a little ghillie suit and just hide yeah. in the brush.
1: making That's, noises.
2: Cover myself in the urine of a deer so it can't smell me. Or yourself, so it can definitely smell you. <laughs> if this thing existed, why would I want it? I, I want to see it, but not close. Oh, but if it doesn't exist, then you just don't want to have your own pee on you. That's true.
1: Carry some jack links with you.
2: There you go. I do not like this line of reasoning. Okay. Let me tell you some skeptical stuff. Yeah. Are we please taking do. It, is this your skeptic? Yes. Are we going yep. into the, all
0: right.
3: Do, 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 do.
0: Yeah. I don't remember what the music sounded like because it's yeah. still relatively fresh, but please
2: take it away, Christian. I'm, I brought some help this time.
0: Bluecat 72
2: blue cat 72 <laughs> on reddit how did i know this is uh basically going down i'm just gonna read it it may not be something i support but it kind of it's an interesting th- way of looking at it and why why would first before we dive in why would you bring something that you don't support for your segment <laughs> because it was it was interesting because it okay. it adds to the story i think a little bit
0: all right all right i'm on board continue
2: okay so basically he's like maybe they got a grizzly bear out there for a while that was injured or old had bad teeth or whatever and it started preying on people as opposed to preying for people That's second right. alternatives this one's for heather maybe they had a serial killer living out in the woods third alternative and least likely It seems like although they talk about issues from before Melania's time, those were folk tales. It would be useful to know exactly how old she was when they left, because it sounds like the main issues started in the early 1940s during the war. There were two Aleutian Islands that were occupied in 1942 and 43 by a small Japanese force. Is it possible that another small force actually made it through to the mainland? People left were relocated, were sworn to secrecy due to national security, and morale think of the troops you know quote think of how the troops will feel that the enemy occupied the mainland unquote and the uh, entire thing was covered over like i said it's the least likely but remember that we did keep an entire town's existence a secret until after the nuclear bomb was dropped just just because that one went down a rabbit hole i wasn't expecting on that yeah And also, like at that time, could there have been Japanese soldiers in the area just causing trouble?
0: Maybe. I I mean, mean, that's
2: really a kooky idea, but when you think about some of the crazy stuff you've heard about World War II, it could be, you could see maybe, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. you know. True. That's the main reason I think I threw that one in there. Well, uh, Christian, I hope we have some information from Banjo Bandito to go off of as well.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Banjo Bandito reminds me... Of what it, what the skeptics say happened to this town, and basically, all he said was, ah, yes, the legendary cryptid known as, quote, economic displacement, unquote. So basically, to make kind of a long story short, short is at some point a different like highway or something was built not too far from this area. Hmm. That basically made this little town of portlock obs obsolete because if you could only get there by boat but if you just go down the bay a little bit you can just dr- drive to these places and get to these places a lot easier so everybody kind of left that area for for economic reasons because it was just there was nothing going on nobody was oh. working the mines so he's just saying there was no cryptid it was just mm-hmm. people left yeah <laughs> that's what the skeptics are saying yeah the stories are and we've talked about it recent like through the summer episode but like some of those older bigfoot stories have a little bit more ring of truth sometimes because they're not tainted by somebody just going out there and saying i saw a bigfoot just to so they can get their you know 15 minutes of fame these people this was a way of their life like the two girls from lighten Hmm. they got kidnapped yeah those are you know part of that group's lore that has been around for a long time so and it doesn't change within that time period very interesting so Mm -hmm. it could be both it could I mean I mean it's possible it is Alaska so it's really easy to die here of normal things when you're out in the middle of nowhere yeah Mm -hmm. you know not necessarily things that are 400 pounds that just you know crushed your skull Mm -hmm. that one person couldn't lift up but you know and who knows one of the arguments about the mutilated bodies coming down is who knows what could have caused that they were way up in the hill they got washed down over time
0: yeah
2: you know there's there's a bunch of different things that point to it being just normal alaskan hard living especially back then
1: especially grizzlies too they could really mutilate a body i mean they're yeah yeah but i mean
2: but uh, I, I just trust some of those old stories.
1: And you do hear mm-hmm. a lot about, you know, up here with stories and sightings more and more. Yeah. I'm even here, you know, fake findings. So
0: But it's, it's just something people don't usually talk about unless mm-mm. they know it's safe. Well, to not talk because about people like, are going to
1: think you're either a cuckoo or, right. you know, some people actually like respect to like and don't want the thing to get hunted down. So why sometimes bring too much tension if you're not sure?
2: Well, I yeah. also think some of it because Alaska really doesn't have the level of Bigfoot stories it should. It's relatively quiet. Like we know a few stories. We've read a couple stories researching. We probably read more stories about Alaska just because we live here. True. And we love talking about that kind of stuff. But in general, Alaska does not have a lot of Bigfoot reports, but also there's not many people in Alaska. Yeah. True. And they're concentrated in certain areas in Alaska. Once you get a little ways in to like the, the forest and stuff, it's,
1: There's a lot of areas it's hard to get to.
2: Yeah. So anything could be. There's a lot
1: that could lurk and like live off of what's in that region.
2: Yeah. And with the, you know, the only time we have an influx of people is like tourist season. And they're all kind of going to the same place, the same touristy spots. Mm -hmm. So if there was something like that, it could stay away from the big groups of people. Mm. The smaller groups of people just wouldn't see it or they are used to, you know, people that go out in the middle of alaska are tough they're out there with bears and big moose and bigfoot yeah and Mm -hmm. you know just from hiking it's kind of creepy sometimes when Mm. you're in alaska yeah you know because it's got that vibe yeah and you know how big some of the animals are so
1: especially when you go by trails and it's like don't go down this one you know close bear activity i'm like oh Anything.
0: Yeah. yeah i usually just immediately i'm like what now and i just turn around like,
1: no our <laughs> last hike up the nature center there was one trail and then our friends we ran into them like at the little trailhead when we we're done they were like um a huge bear just walked right in front of us across the tree out i'm like oh i didn't see anything and hike. i'm like man yeah.
2: mm-hmm. so like i had that little that little the bear in my front yard in eagle river mm-hmm. you know it's it's great and then you, every once in a while i think we hear it more here in alaska and probably there's parts of canada that's similar but because of where we live we hear stories of bear attacks probably more than most Americans do yeah because you know it seems like every year there's a bear attack sometimes really bad ones sometimes the bears just sometimes a handful of them yeah and it's just so if if there's a bigfoot it's living in alaska yeah if there ever was maybe it's not something that exists anymore and that's where you get the lore
0: i think it is because but, of, like going back to what you said about like there's not as many bigfoot reports as you think there should be mm-hmm. i think the opposite i think there's plenty i just don't think they typed them up online or like put them in books because like <laughs> when i had jake on uh he was talking about just a couple people that talked to him about bigfoot like willy-nilly just like out of the blue at an open where house. are these
1: people at because exactly, like i I'm just saying. want like but, a like, little
0: I, convention I told, him, I told jake i'm like next time someone starts like you know just mouthing off about Bigfoot to you. Be like, nah, you got to hit up the, the freaky deaky, get on there and tell that story. Because he was like, yeah, people like nonchalantly talking about it. Like, yeah, I was driving down. And I, was just, I saw I on the side of the road. Couldn't miss it. It was him.
1: Didn't he say they were going to do like a convention up here or something like that? Yeah. That would be
0: awesome. That would be awesome. That's and where we, we need be to find place our to people. It. Yeah. That's where we need to get a booth. <laughs> yeah. We need to pay attention to that. Yeah. Keep, keep an eye out for whenever that comes around. But uh-huh. I, I think it is. I just think Alaskans in general, keep everything to themselves right they're We're very
1: really self-sufficient people yeah. and we don't they could, like to like, yeah they no. could
2: see one and be like just Try another show in alaska mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah you know and that's not always the case in other places yeah and, and to be honest if i was out somewhere and saw one i'd be like
1: we like to keep it wild like know, if do, i saw one i wouldn't want to turn it. i would just be like peace yeah. bro all right would, keep on going. In,
2: i'd come talk about it hmm. but you also be, have an outlet to do that right. so but if somebody asked me where I saw it, I might not give them that information. Yeah. So because yeah, it just do not want to
1: start a manhunt
2: and and not that that would happen, but it's just like these there's a reason that we don't see things like this if they exist. And maybe that's a good reason to they, leave it like that. They belong to the woods now, it's, especially when you think about what we humans usually do when we find something new or a new land or a new species. Yeah. It, to me, it's almost like, yeah, it would be just. It would be good enough for me to come on here and talk about and know it was there. Did I ever tell you about, um, another story I heard when I first started working up on the slope that kind of reminds me a lot of this story?
0: I think you you mentioned something that you thought might have just been a
2: polar bear or something. Or? no, this one was. Uh, it doesn't have to do with being on the slope. I just heard the story from somebody up there.
0: Yeah.
2: Um. I forgot what happened. I went into this office and the lady that worked in there had all these maps and they were different. Like this one was on the wall about this, you know, showing this part of Alaska. And she started telling me a story about how there's this Island there and it's kind of down toward the same area that the U S military had people doing training exercises Hmm. here. This was like 40 years ago or so. And something attacked them on this Island and basically killed a bunch of these soldiers and injured a whole bunch of them and it was like now nobody can go to that island like it's it's a protected island or something it sounded like a crazy story but when you're going with with this story about portlock and port chatham it makes me uh kind of realize that hey maybe it's something similar yeah, I mean, and the the military is really good at covering those stories up too. So, well, it's especially if it was just some an island they were doing their training. because yeah. they train all over Alaska. There's so many great places for their for the soldiers that serve up here to train. So I could see them, you know, being put on an island to do some to just to you know train. Yeah, and all of a sudden something attacks them, and it's not a bear, but it basically just works them over to where the, nobody ever talks about it. But it's like a local legend in this area i mean yeah i wouldn't put it past you know it was a very convincing story i bet so kind of and kind of told to me like just out of the blue
0: yeah that's pretty nuts might have to do some digging on that yeah mm-hmm. see if you can track down some some sources well, track be, down some
2: being in alaska I'm, I'm, i wouldn't be surprised if some of our alaskan listeners could add to what we're talking about mm-hmm. yeah let's see if they want to open up a little bit yeah you know? we've ha- we've already had a couple people open up true and and give us some of their experiences or or thoughts and yeah mm-hmm. it's it's kind of fun because it also takes us down another rabbit hole that may lead to other episodes based on what we find i'd love yeah. to hear alaskan bigfoot stories from alaskans mm-hmm. i too would like to hear
0: that yeah and on that note are, are we should we wrap yeah. it up you think yeah let's close yeah. this I think one this out time when- yeah. Um, so number one, if you are listening in Alaska, uh, first of all, you got to tell your friends in Alaska because I was looking at some of the statistics and it looks like California passed up our Alaska listeners. Is they are. Wow. Mm-hmm. So big shout out cool. Scott's
1: friends. because You cool. guys are winning.
0: Yeah. Um. Actually, it's probably mainly Christian's friends. All your California friends are like, I have like three friends that probably listen to this thing outside of that. And they're probably in Vegas. But yeah. So step up your game, Alaska. What the hell? We're out here trying to spread the good word. I know. You got to tell your friends and especially if they have Bigfoot stories, if you got Bigfoot, local Bigfoot stories in Alaska or
1: any of our listeners, if you have a yeah. personal experience, like keep sending them in where you love hearing them. And Let's like if, it. you know, we try to reach back out, and, like, you know, thanks for sharing. But um, eventually we want to get enough that we can give you guys full listener story mm-hmm. episodes. So yeah. it's not like we're not, you know, doing anything with them. Yeah, We, we- love it. Keep sending them.
0: Yeah, we're not 1R, rushing them aside yeah. or anything. We're mm-hmm. just collecting them for the time yes. being, and when we get enough, we'll start releasing some mm-hmm. listener stories, which yeah. are my personal favorites. Uh, yeah, send them I'm in. Super like, we want to hear about that. Yeah, and uh, in the in the meantime, that wraps up this episode. Um, if you haven't already, find us on social media at TFT Paranormal on TikTok, at Freaky Deaky Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and I think that's just about. If if you haven't checked out the website thefreakydeaky.com you find everything there merchandise got some dope new hoodies up got all kinds of fun stuff going on there and mm-hmm. you are missing out if you haven't checked it out so tell your friends tell your mother say hi to your mom word
2: to your mother word to your mother we're there's also here.
1: the true crime in the 49 merch in there so Yeah, it's hitting the shop as well Yeah, check so, it out super warm hoodies
0: yeah and do we tell them where to email the story or just said tell us your stories
1: you didn't tell it one more time at
0: the gang at the gang at yeah. the freakydicky.com and we are really great at closing out episodes yeah. goodbye mm-hmm. have a great thursday peace You know what this podcast is going to turn into? It's just going to turn into a documentary of me losing my fucking mind over time. You guys are going to release that, and it's going to go on Netflix, and you're going to be multi-millionaires when I'm locked up in some kind of loony bin.
1: I mean, we did have the one last season where we basically gave you a pep talk in life, so... They've heard it slowly, Better. and now you're quitting the nicotine. Yeah. I mean, they're seeing it come full
0: circle. Better buckle up, because I'm sure there's another one of those episodes <laughs> right around the corner. Oh, man.
1: We're here God. to keep you in check.
0: Damn, we've been doing this for an hour and a half. I've been setting this shit up for an hour
2: and a half. Yeah. You know what's amazing, though? It's been a minute. As of today, it's been a year for this recording. This recording is a year sure. since we released the first one. I know, yeah. And I'm um,
0: technically, we're you and I are about like a, a year and... A handful of months yeah. in but
1: yeah, so I, I came in just a insane. year now, yeah. yeah. So, with the with the first episode drop,
2: so just remember all the good things as you're raging over there. When you're setting up, we just kind of stand aside because I think we would just get in the way most of the time, yeah.
1: Yeah, you're kind of scary when you're in setup mode, so we just try to keep back. I'm kind
2: of like, scary in general, and then you're like, take, all right, I want to piss him and, off, yeah. And then the way you like set up the cameras and stuff, I'm like, he's got a better eye on that nope nope you almost got it nope nope okay start over nope oh there he's got the angle he wants classic it is an art oh i know that's why i'm teasing you because i've done like television production before and it's not easy yeah it's uh it's a real treat we thank you for all your hard work (laughs) all right
0: let's fucking get into this bullshit
1: (laughs) our listeners want (laughs) to keep listening
0: yeah so right. they don't just hear me like bitch I, i'll make a
2: podcast about me bitching about every single thing in my life at some point but it's not gonna be you just need to like take that clip and just throw it into a to a box called bitching, and you just keep throwing them in there because at or some just, point all of us will and you yeah. just throw them in there and then we'll just have like our first patreon will be our bitch sessions once yeah. a
1: month scott rage <laughs> and it's just week, 20 minutes you let it out invent it and then you're done
2: then you'll play my rage trying to explain how we measure time and distance Oh yeah? Yeah.